What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love making these episodes for you because I'm absolutely enamored by this unique industry that's emerging right now at the intersection of fashion and technology. Also, because I love talking to the movers, shakers, and let's not forget the makers, also known as the designers of this industry, like my guest today. In the world of fashion tech, Lena Wasong is a rising star and a woman to watch. She works out of the studio of Electro Couture, the fashion house known for bringing fantastic projects to life. Past designs include a dress that monitors your heart rate, a skirt that mimics a jellyfish, and a dress that listens and reacts to its environment. Her latest creation, which was on display at Fashion Tech Berlin and at Electric Tour's Open Studio Day, is the Parallax Dress. A high-tech spin on the little black dress, the Parallax Dress makes us rethink intelligence in our digital age. The design concept is based on the unique nervous system of an octopus. The octopus's control center extends to all eight arms, allowing the arms to move autonomously, which gives it specialized problem-solving abilities. The dress is 3D printed and applies innovations in artificial intelligence into a garment that's alert and alive on its wearer. Can't wait to hear more? I'm right with you. Here's my interview with Lena Wasong, fashion tech designer and the creator of the Parallax dress. Welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. Thanks so much for so, inviting me. Yeah. Last time we saw each other, we were at Fashion Tech Berlin last year. How have you been and what have you been up to since? So since we last met in Berlin, it's actually, it was quite a busy year, but also very, very inspiring. For example, I got the chance to write two more books about electronics and programming. I was working on many new designs and I also got into 3D modeling and printing so it was a really good year. Yeah I feel like this has been a huge growth year not only for fashion tech but specifically for you and the work that you're doing. You have so many relationships in Berlin and beyond that I want to talk about but first let's talk about your relationship with the House of Electric Couture and how you've been able to cultivate a brand for yourself within this larger ecosystem. Paint a picture for us because For people outside of Berlin, we're just kind of looking in thinking, wow, what's going on there? So maybe you could talk about the House of Electric Couture and how your work fits in there. Yes, for sure. So Electric Couture is a fashion technology house based in Berlin. And the CEO and founder, Giza, Giza Lang, she managed to combine two different industries, the fashion industry and the technology industry. And yeah, whoever wants to get in this market, she's the matchmaker and she knows how to to talk to both of these industries. And Electrocuture also founded the studio. And the studio is a very, very special place where engineers meet designers and they work together. So you could find traditional sewing machines right next to soldering stations, as well as laser cutters and 3D printer. And I got the chance to join Electrocouture last year as a designer in residence. They have a designer in residence program where they invite engineers or designers, artists to come and work at the studio for a half a year. So yeah, right after I moved to Berlin last year, I, I got to join Electrocouture Studio and I learned more about laser cutting and 3D printing. And it was a great 
support just to be in the space and the community to have all the machines and it really helped me to figure out where I wanted to go in the future what I wanted to do so yes even though the program the artist in residence program ended last winter we are still in good touch and work really closely together because we just understand how important it is to share the knowledge and all the resources yeah and to build Berlin as like a fashion and technology to build the whole ecosystem. Right. And so you said you moved to Berlin. Where did you come from? I spent some time in San Francisco. And before that, I was in Hamburg, where I studied clothing engineering. So you've been to San Francisco, you've been to Hamburg. What's so special about the cultural climate in Berlin right now that's keeping you there? And why are we seeing such an innovation boom, do you think, out of Berlin right now? Yes, crazy how many artists and designers are all moving to Berlin. And I guess it's so special because you still have time to breathe, to be creative, to come up with your ideas without being forced to live on the streets within just a few weeks. And the city itself has a lot of history and special places which are really inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I was there last year and I've been meaning to go back ever since just because I felt like this buzz, this energy, and it feels very similar to Toronto. I mean, the cost of living is affordable compared to places like San Francisco, so that you have that kind of cognitive surplus to be creative. So I've been thinking about that a lot and how the type of city you're in is actually affecting the designs you're creating. So you've been learning so many new skills this year at the studio through Electric Couture and just your experience in Berlin. Tell me about your most recent project called The Parallax Dress, and let's describe it for audiences because it is a podcast, but of course, anybody who wants to take a look can, of course, look at photos and video on electricrunway.com. We're going to describe it as best as possible. What does it look like and where did the idea come from? Yes, that's right. So my latest design is the Parallax Dress. And the concept is to combine complex evolutionary behavior with new technology like artificial intelligence. And I wanted to work on that topic because it's really interesting. And yeah, I wanted to make the people think about what's intelligence in our age. What does it reflect during a time of machine learning where yeah, our devices are getting more and more aware of the environment? and. Yeah, so my inspiration came from the incredible nervous system of an octopus because it's so different to our nervous system. So we have our control center, our brain, and we just think of what we want to do, how we want to move. But it actually works completely different for an octopus. They have their their control center that extends in all of their eight arms. And the brain is only there to decide on like big decisions but every arm is just moving autonomously and that's how the octopus learns and yeah learns how to swim step by step from get all tangled into more nice and smooth movement so so i was thinking about just combining this behavior with more modern technology and since it's a podcast let's go back to the actual design and how it looks so there's just basic skirt and top, but a very interesting and detailed 3D printed skirt, which I printed with a form lab size resolution printer, so you can almost not see that it's actually 3D printed. And these housings going around the skirt and 
giving you a second layer. So you have all the electronic components inside these housings and also lights. And the six enclosures extend into arms, which look similar like the octopus limbs. The dress also has a tiny infrared sensor in the front, and this infrared sensor can detect movement from, yeah, example, humans or animals because we are having infrared radiation. And whenever the sensor detects some movement, it starts to take the signal and sends it to a microcontroller, which then makes the arms of the skirt move up and down autonomously like the limbs of an octopus. That's so neat to think of. I haven't seen it in person, but just see, like this idea of this garment coming to life, it's very special. I want to talk about the biomimicry aspect of it in a second and how you're drawing from the natural world to create something that's very technical. But first, let's talk about form labs. What's your relationship with them? And, and from, for listeners who don't know, who are they? And how have they supported your vision for the parallax dress? Yeah, form labs is a company and they make high resolution 3D printer. The studio had a collaboration and they, yeah, in the end, gave us the machine and asked us just to come up with a nice design to make something really creative to have a, yeah, really do what we think of their experience. And so the the printer uses SLA, it's stereolithography, if I said it correctly. And there's a laser inside the machine that shoots through a resin. And whenever the, res- the yeah, resin gets hit by the laser, it cures. So you have really, really thin layers, which you can't barely see. And it was great using the machine for this project because I was never too much into 3D printing since I didn't like the quality. It was always really rough and looked like plastic. But using the machine, I could realize my project without having to rely on like outsourcing the production or also finishing the, the piece. It was just really pretty how it came out, the machine. So you were able to do it all in-house because of the collaboration with Form Labs. When people think of 3D printing, they think of like those bulky toys that maybe sit on their desk with the kind of commercial grade 3D printers. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about with you is we're actually using like the laser cutting that's inside of it. And it's a very high quality printer, as I understand, that can give you this effect. It's very different from the stuff we've maybe seen at tech conferences. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's super accurate. And in the end, the model looks one-to-one to the model that you designed on your computer. Great. So you've talked a little bit about artificial intelligence and how the dress uses it. Maybe you could unpack that a little bit more. And, you know, artificial intelligence, it's a huge buzzword right now. Maybe you can demystify it a little bit for us and explain to us what it means for you as a fashion designer and then get into how the parallax dress uses it. Yeah, especially as a designer with an engineering background, it's, it's super fascinating to see what machines are capable of these days. So you can have a conversation with a machine or the machine like your phone is just using the songs you want to listen to. And I think in the future, it's also going to be really exciting to see what happens when machines are becoming more advanced and creative to see how they are making art. But let's yeah, jump back to, to the parallax dress and how I incorporated then artificial intelligence. So 
in the end to separate it a little bit from what a lot of people think of nowadays is that you have a yeah that this term is related to mimicking cognitive functions which we associate with humans like learning or problem solving but in the end our computers are also or already intelligent yeah by just responding to their environment like the parallax stress so you have the sensor in the front which is detecting motion in its environment and then you have the actuator in the skirt those little motors which make the dress move up and down so it's still an autonomous system just yeah working on its own so it's basically thinking and making decisions that the wearer is a part of but not necessarily a part of that decision making so i'm interested to know we talked about the octopus and how it's kind of based on the octopus and you mentioned that the octopus you know the tentacles are kind of moving by themselves would you say that the octopus has a kind of built-in artificial intelligence already or is that am i confusing am i misunderstanding it no i think yeah what's exactly interesting from looking at the the octopus that each arm is individual like you have eight little brains that are moving autonomously compared to a human we still decide okay i want to grab to this water bottle but probably one of the octopus's arm would already see the water bottle and just grab it and hold it and then see how it's yeah what it can do with it and that's why the octopus has such a very yeah strong problem solving skills because it's just moving somehow and has these eight arms doing their own thing I, I, mean, think, I don't know if I wanted it, if my arms would just move everywhere on their own and <laughs> driving and eating cookies, but <laughs> just watching the octopus and how it's moving, it's very fascinating. Sometimes I think it'd be, co- it'd be good if I was covering like a fashion show. I could have this arm taking photos. I could have this arm sharing the photos to Instagram. I could have this one, you know, doing an interview. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting animal to take inspiration from. Before we leave this idea of 3D printing, I just want to talk about how it's kind of evolved over the years. So a few years ago, it was still new, but now we're actually starting to see 3D printed products enter the consumer market. You know, we've seen Nike, Adidas, New Balance have all announced consumer merchandise being made by this manufacturing technology. What do you think has changed in the last couple of years that we're actually able to move towards not just prototypes, but actually products using 3D printing? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I think 3D printing is still a hype and yeah, like you said before, like a buzzword and people want to jump in on it and they want to be, just follow the trends as well. That's why so many companies have yeah, some advertisements how they're using 3D printing now. But it's also getting more accessible and the quality is getting better and better. If you want to use it for yeah, jewelry design, it looks fascinating what you can do with it. And from my perspective, 3D printing is also great for customization because yeah, you can scan your your feed and then you can print the perfect shoe. It works for you or also for dental industry. And yeah, like me, just designers who don't want to mass produce, but still want to model something and have one of a kind pieces. And even if you did want to mass produce, it might be that you would have a lab of 3D printers that are producing 
your garment rather than outsourcing that production to overseas. So you mentioned like when you were working with the parallax dress, it was a very intimate experience because you didn't have to send it off somewhere and then receive it back. You got to have it the whole way and you were working with the 3D printers and form labs. So it seems to me that it really allows this kind of like intimate process for designers where things aren't outsourced any longer. I'm just wondering like, I'm wondering out loud, you don't need to answer, but just how far away are we before, you know, instead of having a room of sewers, you have a room of 3D printers that are basically doing the hard labor for you, which is another kind of like whole idea in and of itself. So I wanted to ask you, your work seems to take inspiration from a few other female designers that I've seen in fashion tech, reimagining how clothing can extend our senses and use this idea of biomimicry, so that is mimicking the features and functions of animals. So who or where do you look for inspiration when you're designing? So I feel, especially since I'm also teaching workshops, that people are still really uncomfortable working with electronics or just trying to connect LEDs or programming a microcontroller. These are still these like nerdy boards nobody wants to touch and you have these rainbow-colored wires everywhere. And yeah, in the end, it's definitely not the case. I don't think I ever broke a microcontroller. I never got an electric shock. It was never dangerous or anything. So I like to combine my designs with just inspirations from nature because I think it gives the observer, yeah, just triggers some emotions in them because they usually don't think of nature and technology. These are like two different, completely different parts. But in the end, it's really nice to, yeah, just get some, some inspiration from the latest technology, on the other hand, from really crazy things that happen in nature and combine these two fields and then it's also easier for people to to connect to the piece because they kind of know it but on the other hand it's also interesting since they yeah don't know about the technology aspect yet so they have a frame of reference for i understand what an octopus is and what it does because i've heard about an octopus before and now i understand Mm -hmm. how this dress is kind of mimicking that in order to make me think about what our clothing can do for us or how it can think autonomously, that sort of thing. Do I have that right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very cool. So you mentioned that you're, you have an engineering background. You wrote two books on electronics. I just wanted to flesh that out a little bit. Can you talk about your background experience before you came to fashion design and maybe even where we could find the books that you were talking about? Yes. Before I started with fashion and combining it with technology, was studying clothing engineering, which is more the whole process of manufacturing garments and also how to get the chemicals, how to dye the fabrics, how to test it. There was a lot of, in the end, engineering classes behind it, which was very interesting. When I got more into e-textiles, electronic textiles, I used conductive threads and fabrics to just make my designs interact with the environment a little more. And yeah, since then I was at the studio here in Berlin by Electrocultura. I used all these really crazy machines, which made me, yeah, very, which just inspired me to start designing my own pieces as well. Yeah, because it gets you to start think about how you can design pieces in entirely different new ways of approaching costume design or fashion design. 
So I'm really interested in the description of the parallax dress as a dress that has these problem-solving abilities. What are the advantages of having a dress that has problem-solving abilities? And how do you imagine this could actually translate to real life? Because I don't know that everyone is going to want to run out and go buy an octopus dress tomorrow, maybe. But how does it get us to start thinking about the use cases for artificial intelligence in fashion technology? Yes, I I agree. Most people don't want to wear a dress, which then starts grabbing and holding on to things. But yeah, I've seen it more and more in the medical area that it's also, yeah, there's some machine learning that goes to analyzing the patient as well so it's not only the doctor but then it's also the machine taking a look at you and seeing if there's something wrong with you or analyzing all the results from the scan i think that's very interesting how it's going to evolve in the future that the doctor has to work with a machine or who in the end makes the last decision this is something to watch for sure Yeah, so we're going to actually start to see clothing become assistants. I mean, we're already talking about, we're already seeing in the medical field, exoskeletons and this idea of our clothing and garments and wearables being able to assist us. And so this is kind of like further to that end and adding a kind of design thinking flair and a fashion flair. So it's how can we better, you know, not only function as humans, but perhaps express ourselves down the line. So it's a really exciting area to be seeing what people are coming up with. I'm interested in talking about the sensors for a second because I've never heard of infrared sensors that are in the garment. How are these different than sensors we might find in like a smart ring or a wearable accessory that's on the market today? Yeah, so if you could find infrared sensors, most of the time in our security systems, they know when something starts moving, they can take infrared radiation and our body emits this infrared radiation. So whenever you want your garment to know something more about the environment, for example, what's going on in your bag where you can't see or yeah, how what's going to happen, especially also for blind people, it could be really useful to know who's approaching you and what's happening around you. So they're very sensitive sensors then. They're very reliable too. Yes. <laughs> and are they safe to wear? Like if there was actually to be a garment that was a consumer wearable, are infrared sensors safe to wear? They are safe to wear, yes. Interesting. And also they are they have this little it's like a, a half sphere which is then showing to the outside and not you can just turn it so there's nothing in the end coming back to you. Oh, I see. So it's pointing outwards is what you're saying. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you said recently, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the integration of autonomous machines into our clothing, into our environment, lets us explore technology from a new perspective. And I wanted to know, what did you mean by that? Yes, exactly. So I think we all know our phones or our laptops, and these are these small, really nice, well-designed machines just sitting here and there. But if it's actually integrated in our for example, in our clothing, or if, yeah, it's just, you have a different relationship to it, you probably appreciate it more, what it can actually do, or you don't want to have all these sensors around you anymore. So that's a really interesting topic. So it's really about a concept piece, like the parallax dress and how that can open a conversation about clothing and how it's coming to life and how that can be used down the line, artificial intelligence and how that's impacting the fashion industry. It's, it's all very fascinating to me. 
I feel like your this most recent creation hits on so many different leading technologies that we could talk for days about it. But I want to know, like, what's next for you? You've, you know, produced a lot of work this year. Are you going to take a little bit of a break or do you have something in mind already for your next project? Yes, it was funny because first I thought after this design, I'm going to take a little break. But I think two or three days later, I already saw new images and inspirations I really liked. So I started collecting a little bit here and there. And I have some ideas, but yeah, I'm not too set on on a design yet. Well, we certainly look forward to staying tuned with what you're creating. What is the best way for people to follow you and stay in touch with your work? Yeah, just social media. Then it's at Vasomlina on my website. And you can also follow whatever happens in the studio if you check out at Electrocouture. And yeah, this is how you can keep up with us. Yeah. And of course, Electric Couture has a fantastic email newsletter that goes out. I receive it. If anybody's not already subscribed, we'll put a link up on our website. We'll also put a link to your Instagram and website and other areas where people can connect with you. Lena, I'm so excited about all the work that you're doing in this space. It always looks fabulous. And I'm watching Berlin from a distance just with like glowing, excited, happy eyes for everything that you're doing. So thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me. And we look forward to staying in touch. Thanks so much, Amanda. That was my conversation with the fabulous and talented Lena Wasong, a fashion tech designer and visionary based out of Berlin. Keep an eye on her because we're sure there's more remarkable work coming from her. Once again, Lena is from the studio by Electric Couture, a place making innovation in design possible. I'm really fascinated with what's going on in Berlin right now in terms of fashion tech and just in terms of the culture. It's very cool. I have to go back there soon. To see images of the parallax dress, visit electricrunway.com where we always accompany each podcast episode with a blog post where we drop all the multimedia content associated with each episode and guest so you can watch what you hear. Again, that's available on electricrunway.com. For your daily dose of fashion tech freshness, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're at electric underscore runway. You can also follow me. I'm Amanda Costco. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. Music from today's episode by Daniel Zambo.